Well, good to see everybody on this warm night. Aren't you glad we got heat? And uh, we're so we're so blessed. And uh, I've already heard there's no school. Two hours of school tomorrow, and all that. That's all we get from you guys. I hear more teachers yelling than I do kids. We're going all over to Miss Mullins' house for breakfast in the morning since she doesn't have to go to work till late. And then, and then we, we decided this year during the, during the fast, we, have, we were doing this prayer from 7 to 8. And, and if there's no school, then there's no prayer. We just thought that would be the easiest way. Or if there is a bump up in school. So tomorrow, there, there'll be no prayer. So on, what is tomorrow? Thursday. So on Friday, again, we'll just go by the school. So if they have school... We'll see you here at 7 o'clock if you're able to come. I don't, I don't know about you, but I want to have an encounter with the Lord. 2017 was good, but I want something better. I'm hungry for the things of God. I, I, and so we're going to start this series called Encounter. We're going to go through the month of January. And, and here's, here's kind of the bit. I just want to hear God's voice. I want to discern His will. I, I want to know Him. I just don't want to know about Him. I don't want to read about him. I want to experience him. I don't want to just, you know, I don't think the Bible put together a bunch of stories so that we could just live through David or we could live through Paul. I think those stories were in there to inspire us that we could have the same kind of relationship. I mean, you, you think about David and, and all, his, all his victories and all the great things and all the songs and all the stories. But David was a man just like you and I that struggled. Yet when he went out to face Goliath, he stood, to that, stood before that man with great faith and great courage and, and defeated him. And, and I, I don't want to just talk about David. I want to kill some giants. I, I want to I get some things in my arsenal so that I can defeat the enemy and push back the kingdoms of darkness. And, you know, Paul had an encounter. He was on his way to Damascus. And you say, well, that's just Paul. And he's in the Bible. And he wrote a third of the New Testament. No, Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles. He's a lot like us. If Paul had an experience, why can't we have an experience? I mean, you go all throughout the Bible, it's everywhere. Samuel was a kid. Uh, Elijah was a man just like us, but he prayed that he wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three years. Uh, Moses, well, he, he had so many negative things to say about himself. He didn't think he could do anything good, but yet he knew God face to face. If, if they can do it, we can do it. And that, that's my heart. That's my desire. That's what, that's what I'm asking God to do. I want my own personal experience and encounter with Jesus. Here's kind of our theme verse, and and I'll try to go through this. It might not work tonight. Bam. Yeah, but it's kind of not working. Don't you? The Apple TV fell off, I think. All right, let's try this. This is Wednesday night. There you go. Here it is, 2 Corinthians 3. You know when that used to happen? I used to wig out and sweat and call Trevor and call Jesus and call the police officer. Now, man, I'm just in it. I just figured it out. But anyway, whenever, whenever, though, they turn, listen, this is good. Whenever, though, they turn to face God, as Moses did, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and, and he's trying to explain some things. They they, they, they did some great things, the church did, but they were also a lot of, there was a lot of out of balance. The Corinthians church, it was really a mess. And Paul's trying to get them on track. And he says, whenever though they turned to face God as Moses did, how did Moses face him? He saw him in the burning bush. He turned to him and he responded uh, to God. God removes the veil. Whenever we turn and face God, whenever we step away from our agenda and, and what we want and what we desire, Whenever we turn and face God, whenever we turn and put our face towards God, point our direction towards God, whenever we turn towards God, 
He removes the veil. What is the veil? The veil is anything that hinders us or keeps us from seeing God or from knowing God. When we, when we make a move toward God, like we're doing in this 21 days, God removes the veil, and there we are face to face. I want God to remove the veil. And suddenly, they recognize that God is living. You think, well, God is just a God for somebody else. God is just a, a God in some cathedral. God is not interested in me. When you turn towards God, when you pursue him, he removes the veil, and you can recognize God as a living, personal presence. He's not somebody else's God. He's not David's giant killer. He's not Moses' deliverer. He's not just Paul's encounter. No, you can get to know him as a living, personal presence, not a, as a piece of chiseled stone. This is out of the message. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized is obsolete. All those rules, all that religion, all that ceremony, all that worshiping God from afar. Are you hearing this? When you turn and face God, he removes the veil. And when he removes the veil, you recognize him as a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone, not a God for somebody else, but a God for you. And when he's personally present, when he's a living spirit, all that other stuff falls away. You have an encounter with God and you're changed forever, changed forever. And, and, and that's what I want. I mean, this verse just sums it all up. I want God to remove the veil. I want to turn towards God. I want to run after him. I want to pursue him. And I want to come to know him in a living present, real, practical way where, where I'm walking with him and talking with him and, and where I'm hearing from him on a regular basis. The problem is not that God's not talking. The problem is we're not listening. If we'll turn our face towards God and really pursue him and go after him, he, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and we will experience him personally and intimately and closely. And, and I want to just take this tonight and, and just encourage those that are fasting or challenge those who are not fasting, that that, that can turn up the heat, that can turn up the, the pursuing God. And I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but I, I really want you to get this. When you, when you turn your face towards God, he will remove the veil. Here's what Matthew 6 says. And, and Matthew 6 is, is the, uh, it's part of the, the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what Jesus says. When you give to the needy, and, and he goes on to say, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, and don't, 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 don't boast about it, don't brag about it. When the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, just do it. Don't stress over it, don't second guess it, just do it. And when you give, he says, the Father sees what is done in secret, and he will reward you. So there's something about giving that, that, that gets the attention of God and rewards his people. Then he goes on to say, and when you pray... And, and then he, again, he says, hey, when you pray, it doesn't have to be all the time public. Yeah, you need to pray in public, but you need to pray in private. Don't, it's not a production. It's prayer. You don't have to sound all this or all that. Just go after me. Just pursue me. Uh, spend time with God and do it consistently. And when you do, your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's reward that comes from intimacy and prayer and connection and commitment through prayer to God. And then he goes on and says, and when you fast. It's, 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 and, and we, we okay with giving, well, we're really okay with prayer, we, we, we kind of think we're okay with giving, but then we get to this fast, and we're like, no, that's crazy, no, that's not for me, and it's almost, it's, it almost, it doesn't almost appear, it's expected of New Testament believers, 
There, there's a, let me, I'll come back to that, but there's a story in Luke chapter 5 where everybody's asking Jesus, why don't his disciples fast? John's disciples fast, and the Pharisees fast. Jesus, why don't your people fast? And, and here's what Jesus said. Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? Jesus is the bridegroom. He's with them on earth. They're, they're not going to fast then. That, that's not it. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days are then... They will fast. The bridegroom has been taken from us. So there's an expectation that the children of God, the followers of God, they will fast. And, what, and, and you don't do it to seem sp- hyper-spiritual or, or holier than thou or, or, or to wear it as some kind of badge. But when you do it in private, your father sees what is done, and he will, he will reward you. He'll, he'll, he'll reward you. He'll reward you when you pray. He'll reward you when you give. He'll reward you when you fast, and fasting is serious business. And I just, I just, you know this, if you fasted, it's not fun. I heard somebody say this morning, they're, tonight they're hungry enough to eat both North and South Korea. And, 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 and it, it is, it's, it's very, it's very crazy. And I, when I start thinking, when I, I'm, I'm trying to do a three-day fast, full fast, and then I'm going to go into a partial fast, and, and my plan is to fast every Wednesday and and, and, and some of you, whatever, and, and I'm not saying that, I'm just saying to maybe God will spark something in you, whatever God's called you to do, a meal a day, a, a day a week, whatever, three days in a row, whatever the Lord has led you, it, it, you're going to feel like quitting. You're going to be thinking, this is crazy. I don't need to do this. I mean, you'll even have well-meaning friends who, who would, family, who will try to convince you, oh, man, let's just, you know, let's just go out. You don't need to do this. And, and in it, every time you try to fast, you get invited to lunch. You don't ever get invited to lunch. Nobody wants to pay your meal. And now you're fasting and everybody, and it's not just McDonald's. I mean, they want to take you like upscale, like Chick-fil-A or something. And, 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 it's, just, and it's just, man, what's going on? And then you have a party at work, and they want to send donuts home with you. It's, it's every time you, you commit to this stuff, it gets hard. And, and you, you start, this isn't necessary. This, and you, your mind starts playing tricks on you, and, and you're going to die. And, and this is outrageous. And here, is it outrageous to take a season, to take a short period of time and saying, God, I want you more than anything else, that I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Is it outrageous to say, I'm going to honor your word and push back from the table and pursue your presence? Is it outrageous that you're saying, I'm going to turn my way and I'm going to, I'm going to face you and you're going to remove the veil and, and we're going to have intimacy and close? Is it outrageous to say, I'm tired of dead, cold religion. I want a personal living relationship with Jesus Christ and I'm willing to pay a price to make it happen and make it a reality. What helps me on a fast is to, is to focus on the cause, to focus on the cause. Is there a cause? In, in, in the book of Samuel... I think it's Samuel, pretty sure it's Samuel. David, yeah, it's Samuel. David went to, to, to give his brother some food on the battlefield. It's right before the, the face-off with Goliath. And he gets out there, and if you're familiar with the story, Goliath had been coming up over the hill for days and days and days and ridiculing and mocking and threatening and challenging the children of Israel. Who will take me on? Which one of you, you, you people, will, will come after me? And David comes, and he doesn't know a lot what's going on. All he sees is this big giant. And he, here's his question. He asked King Saul, what will I get if I go face Goliath? What, is there a cause? Is, what will I, if I put my life on the line and go fight Goliath, what's going to be my reward? What am I going to get for, for it? 
And when I think about that, I think about fasting. What's the, what's the cause? What is, what's it going to benefit me saying no to my appetite? What will, what will result in me not eating for a few days and intentionally turning toward God? And I'm confident there is a cause. And in fact, I'm so desperate for God to do something greater in my life personally and greater in, li- in our lives collectively. I'm willing to fast and I'm expecting and I'm anticipating That as we honor his word, that he's going to remove the veil and reward us above and beyond what we ever thought, hoped, or imagined. There's a a story of the Native Americans way back when young warriors would want to go. Not any really young kids, when they wanted to become warriors, there was a rite of passage. And, And one particular tribe, the rite of passage was that you had to climb this mountain. And it wasn't just any old mountain. It was a steep mountain, difficult mountain, very hard mountain, and very difficult for young guys to, to make it, the majority of them would not make it until they were late in their teens, early in their 20s. Just very challenging, easy to slip, fall, get hurt. And, and, and the only way he knew, when, when the, if they get to the top of the mountain, he'd come back and he asked them, what did you see? And if they didn't respond properly, he knew they, they were lying. They never made it. But if they said, if they were willing to say, I saw something I never saw before. I've read about it. I've heard about it. I've seen pictures about it. But I've never seen the ocean until I got on the top of that mountain and I looked over that vast horizon and I saw the ocean. When that guy, when that chief heard them say, I saw the ocean, he knew that they had climbed the summit, that they had made it to the top. Fasting is a lot like climbing a mountain. God, I'm willing to climb this mountain called fasting and, and, and prayer in hopes that I'm going to see something I've never seen before, that I'm going to get a fresh glimpse of your grace, a greater manifestation of your power, a due dimension of your character, a clear revelation of your purpose, a greater awareness of your presence. God, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm asking you to open my eyes so I can see you more clearly, my ears so I can hear you more clearly, awaken my senses so I can feel you and experience you, remove the veil so I can know you as a living personal presence in my life. Is there a cause? And, and I would say, yes, there's a cause. And there's a reward for those who diligently pursue God. Again, if you're fasting, I just want to encourage you in it to, that, 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 that there, is, there is a result. There is a benefit. If you've chosen not to, I want to challenge you. Even if you start small, just Just turn your face toward God. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and see what he might have you to do. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Uh, It talks about in Matthew chapter 4. He was led into the spirit uh, where he was tempted by the devil. And and, and many of you know, you know, the three temptations, turn these stones into bread. and, and, And Jesus always responded to the word of God. He took him, and if you, if you jump off this mountain, and the angels of the Lord will protect you. And, and then he took him over to the city and said, if you'll, if you'll just bow down to me, I'll give this all to you. And, and it was not even his to give. And, and really what that's all about is, is Satan is trying to get Jesus off of his purpose. He came, he came to fulfill the will of God, which was to die for the sins of mankind. And if the devil could try to get Jesus to do it, here's what the devil was doing. Hey, do it this way. Don't do it that way. But Jesus was smart enough and, and powerful enough and anointed enough. He did, it, he did it God's way. Well, the Bible says after the temptation, he was wore out. He was tired. Forty days, he was extremely hungry. And the angels came to minister to him and came to help him. And then the Bible says that he went to Galilee, that he entered Galilee. And, and, and here's what it says, full of the Holy Spirit, that, that, he, was, that, that he came out of the fast with a greater fullness 
of God's spirit. And, and that's what I'm praying for me, and that's what I'm praying for you on this fast, that we come out of it with a greater awareness and a greater sense and a greater fullness of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know the struggle is in the fast. The testing is in the fast. The power, the reward comes after the flat fast. God, I want to come out of this season as I humble myself and search my heart and repent of my sin and realign my walk and, and realign myself with your word that, that I'll begin to walk not by my own ability. You think you're good. You think you're smart. You think you're wise. Get full of the Holy Spirit. Get full of the power of God. Here's, here, you, the answer to every problem and every situation you have is more of the Holy Spirit. Are you facing a critical decision? You need the spirit of revelation. If you need the right words, the Holy Spirit can be your teleprompter. If you need more love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness, or you need to be walking in self-control, those are all results of, the, of a spirit-filled life. It's all the results of a, of a life that's been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You need more encouragement during a storm. He's our comforter. You need more confidence to witness to a friend. He's our empower. You don't know how to pray. He's our intercessor. No matter what the question you have, no matter uh, uh, what the problem you face, the Holy Spirit is the solution. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me a better me. It makes me a new me. It gives me wisdom beyond my knowledge and power beyond my strength and gifting beyond my ability and faith beyond my fear. That's why Paul told the church at Ephesus, he didn't just tell them, he commanded them, be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, I'm praying that through this fast that, that we'll come out of it with a, we'll, we'll enter into our workplace, we'll enter into our field, we'll enter into our school we'll, with a new sense and a new power and a new infill into the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing James said. Come near to me and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, your double-minded. And, and, and here, here's... Here's, the, here's the, great, the great invitation. God says, come near. I want you to be near me. But I don't want you to come with dirty hands and dirty hearts and, and double minds. But the reality is I can't do anything about it. I, I, can't, I can't clean my hands. I can't, I, I, I can't wash my heart. I can't clear my mind. That's not something I can do. But a season of fasting can, can, can be a part of washing my hands and cleansing my heart and clearing my mind. Everything needs a season of cleaning. That's why we have a spring cleaning where you do your house. And every now and then, uh, uh, you, you, like I like to detail my car. And, and I'll find a, you know, a whole four, 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 number four meal at Chick-fil-A in the seats. And in the, we, we used to have a minivan, and a Toyota minivan. And I don't know, they have 16 cup holders in a minivan. And if you're not careful, and if you live with my wife, there were 16 coffee cups, and that was a coffee cup for every, for every cup holder. And, and every now and then, you just got to clean out the car. You got you to go between the seats, and, and you got to empty out the coffee cups, and, and you got you to clean it out. Your heart accumulates junk just by the, by the we live in a, in a corrupt world. We live in a system. We're bombarded with messages that are anti-God and anti-Bible and, and, and just in the, and we need a cleansing. We, we're, we're, we, get, we get boogered up by hurt and offense. And, and, and there's got to be a season where we just say, hey, God, I need you to clean me. I need you to help me. Here's what Paul said. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of a reverence for God. Again, I can't do that. I, 
I, in my power, I cannot purify myself. I need the purifying power of the Holy Spirit. And fasting intensifies that and, and helps in that process. It helps. Uh, it's a proven fact. Praise man, get ready to come back. It's a proven fact that, that fasting is good physically. They, they call it before, just about every time I fast, I read a book by Dr. Colbert. It's, it's, it's called Getting Healthy Through Detox and Fasting. And it just helps motivate me and, and helps, kind of helps me stay on track. And, and Dr. Colbert says that the things we eat and the, and the toxins that we breathe in, they clog up our liver and they affect our kidneys and they slow down our GI tract and they negatively affect our organs. They, it's just the environment. It's just not good for us, what, all that we're taking in and all that we're eating. And he says if we don't cleanse our bodies of these poisons, we'll eventually develop fatigue and, and chronic uh, disease and, and maybe even cancer. And his, his remedy, what he says is best, is to go on a fast, two, three days, where, where you just drink water or juice, and, and it gives your body an opportunity to, to quit working, and it gives the kidneys an opportunity to kind of rebuild and re-strengthen. It's really physically, it's medically known, not just by Ms. Dr. Colbert, but by many doctors, where fasting is good physically. But it's not only good physically, if you read the Word of God, it's good spiritually. It, 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 it cleanses you. It, it helps you detox. It's, it helps you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit better. And again, usually not during the fast. That's not been my experience. But after the fast, we're, we're, we're saying, God, we're going to seek you in this first part of the year. And, and yeah, we're going to hear you. We're going to open up our hearts. We're going to cleanse our minds. You're going to purify our hands. And our hope is that, that the remainder of the year, that we're just going to, I mean, we're just going to be filled with more of your power. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to know you more. And you're going to lift the veil so that we can have this personal, intimate relationship with you. Can I tell you just a few more Bible stories? And I, I know, I know you're, you're, here, let me just tell you. Hezekiah, he became king. And before Hezekiah, the other kings defiled the temple. They, they broke, the doors were broke down. And that they let the light out in the temple. The temple was the presence of the Lord. The temple was where they went to worship. And it just, they defiled it. They, if nobody was being used it, he laid off the priests. There were no priests. Hezekiah didn't. The guys before him did. And Hezekiah comes on the scene. He says, hey, I'm not taking this. We're, we're not doing this. So the first thing he did was, is he rebuilt the doors of the temple so that people couldn't get in and couldn't. Could. What had happened was they, they, were, they were bringing everybody in that area had to take their garbage to a garbage dump. It's Guyana, and, and, and they had to, I don't know, that's, the, that's a nation somewhere else. That's not what it is. Guyana, thank you, Sister Young. That's my Greek-Hebrew scholar right there. And, and had to take it to this dump, and this fire would burn continually, and it would burn their trash. Well, people started getting lazy, and what once housed the, housed the glory of the Lord now just became a dumping spot. And so people would take their trash in, and, and, and I mean, it was just filled with just mess. And, and, and Hezekiah said, no way, man, we're cleaning this thing out. And he got all the priests back together, and, and he re-gave re them their job back. And he said, here's the first thing I want you to do is you're going to clean out the temple, and we're going to relight the light, and, and we're going to get ready for the presence of the Lord, and we're going to make room for God's glory again. And we're going to clean up the garbage and make way for the presence and the power of God to manifest in this house. And there are seasons in our lives where we've got to 
take out the garbage and we got to clean out the mess and we got to open up our hearts and we got to say, God, search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. I want to make room for more of you. You're not going to share space with iniquity. You're not going to share space with junk and garbage. And so, God, by your grace, will you wash my hands and will you cleanse my heart and will you renew your, my, my mind and will you make room in my life for more of you? That's what we're doing on this on this, uh, on this journey, on this encounter. Here, I said I'm, I'm, I am going to close with this. Just skip all that. I'll come back to that later. Jacob, do you remember the story of Jacob? Let me tell you about it. Jacob is a deceiver. Scott, he deceives his brother out of his inheritance. He deceives his father out of a blessing. Jacob was was smooth skin. Esau was hairy skin. He put on a bunch of bunch of skin and he walked into his, his dad was blind and, and he tricked his dad. Esau was the older son. He tricked his dad into, into giving him the blessing, which was a big deal. And, and because of it, Esau had to, had to go. I mean, Jacob, he ran away. He had to get out of Dodge. Esau was after him. Esau was a hunter, strong man. And, and so Esau's on, uh, Jacob is on the run. And he settles, and, and in spite of all Esau's, Jacob's deception, God still blesses him, and, and God still helps him. But he gets word that Esau wants to meet with him. And, and, and this isn't a good thing. I mean, after all these years, Esau is still angry, still upset. He stole the blessing. He, he stole the inheritance. He's, I mean, he just took so much from, from, from him, and, and he's mad. And so he's going out to meet, and Jacob gets word that he has 400 soldiers with him. Why do you take 400 soldiers with you if you ain't thinking there's going to be a fight? I mean, if you just want to meet your brother and love on your brother, you don't need the soldiers. Just go. He takes 400 soldiers with him, and Jacob's scared to death, and rightfully so. And so he starts making up a plan. Okay, I'm going to divide, divide, divide my family. Half of you go this way. Half of you go this way. So when we meet Esau, at least it won't kill the whole clan. He'll just kill half of us. Hey, I'm going to bring him a bunch of stuff. I'm going to try to butter him up. I'll bring him cows and goats and bulls. He didn't bring him cats because he knew Esau would kill him if he brought him a cat. So he, he, he left the cats back at home, but he, but he brought him everything else. And, and then the Bible says that he got alone with God and he wrestled with God one, at, at night. I mean, just went after God. God, I don't want to die. God, I, I don't, I, 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 I'm wrong. I messed up. I, I need reconciliation with my brother. The, the prayer is not recorded, but all that, all it says is Jacob wrestled with God. An angel of the Lord came and, and they had this fight, this battle. And, and Jacob said, you're not, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. I'm not letting go of you until you reward me. I'm not letting go of me until you remove the veil. And, and in our case, do I have this personal, intimate, close relationship with you? I'm not selling for second best. I'm not selling for somebody else's God. I'm not going to live through somebody else's experiences. I'm not going to listen to somebody talk about Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to serve Jesus. God, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. I'm not letting go of you. Some of us just need to say, God, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. God, I'm pursuing you. I'm going after you. I'm going to take the time. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to push back from the table. I'm going to I'm going to do in private so you'll reward me. I'm going to do whatever it takes, God. I'm going to Seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to search for you with all my heart because I know when I do that if I'll seek you, I'll find you. Lord, I'm, I'm going after you with everything that I have. And finally, the angel of the Lord said, okay, be blessed. And you know what Jacob said? He called the place Peniel. And the word means I, I, saw, I saw God face to face. We, we, I want to see God. 
I want you to see God. I, I don't want to settle. The, the, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. There's a passion. There's a pursuit. My prayer is God will stir something up on the inside of us. Lord, will you just do it? Will you cause a tenacity? Will you cause a hunger? Lord, I can't create a hunger. I, I got to get a hunger. That's the Holy Spirit birthed and born. Holy Spirit, will you create a hunger in my heart for more of you? God, would you give me a hatred for sin and the things of this world? And would you give me a, a holy, Lord, help me, I pray. And I'm going to partner with you, God. Lord, I set my face towards you. I make a, a turn towards you tonight. I, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whatever it looks like, however good it is or however bad it might appear to be, just look towards the Lord. Take a step. Move towards his direction and, and, and see if he doesn't start to remove the veil. Do it, Lord, we pray. Do it, God, we ask. Lord, we're hungry for a move of your spirit. Lord, we're hungry for an outpouring of your grace. God, we need a manifestation of your power. We don't want to sing just a few songs and hear a word. We want to be changed and transformed. We want to be a light set on a hill. We want to be a city, God, where people recognize it and see it, Lord. We want to be full of your power. We want to respond to people with the hope that we have, Lord. We want everything that you have for us. And God, like Jacob, we're not letting go to you. Bless us. God, we're going after you. We're pursuing you. Why don't you stand with me? And when you make that your prayer, God, I want more. God, I long for more. God, I hunger for more. God, I thirst for more. I lay aside what I want, Lord, and I, and I pursue you. God, I get my eyes off of what's coming tomorrow, what's happened today. And I fix my eyes on Jesus tonight. Lord, I say you're, you're all I need. You're all I want. God, I don't even know exactly what, what, what that looks like for some, but we're just believing that as we go after you, that we're going to find you, God. As we pursue you, that you're going to make yourself known in a greater way. Do it, Lord. Do it, God. God, I want to know you, the power of your resurrection. God, I want to know you. Nothing compares to the surpassing greatness is knowing you as Lord. Lord, the Bible says that they who know the Lord will carry out great exploits. I, I want to know you tonight, Jesus. Lord, I want, our, I, want, I want this church to know you. God, I want to be known as a church that knows God, that walks with God, that experiences God. Lord, I want to be known in this community when people walk through these doors that there's something different. Not because we're better, but because the Holy Spirit dwells here in a powerful way. Lord, let it be. Lord, let it be. Will you, will you pray with me? Will you lift your voice to God? Let it be, Lord. Come on, let's pray. Let it be, Lord. We lift our voice to you. We lift our heart to you. More, God. More, Jesus. More of you, Lord. More of your anointing. More of your power. Open our eyes. Open our minds. We open our hearts to receive from you tonight, God. Lord, like Jacob of old, we grab hold of you and we say, bless us indeed, Lord. Enlarge our territory. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your spirit tonight, God. Lord, I pray for those that are even struggling today. Those that aren't walking with you today. They've been drunk here. They're just here. They don't even know why they're here. Lord, may you have an encounter with them tonight. May the grace of God flow through this place. May the love of God manifest in this house, we ask.